0: so we'll be talking about uh, now is the time today and before we start this before we start talking about this i'd like to invite you to bow your heads and we're going to pray and ask god's direction for this moment father once again we thank you it's never too much to come to you in prayer and we can be reassured that every time we come to you we are ready to listen and so lord we thank you so much for your mercies and for your love And now as we open up scripture and study your word, we ask for your direction. Father, I place myself humbly in your hands and I ask that you may use my words, that you may guide my thoughts, that everything that will be said here, you'll be conforming your will and your word for us today. May your name be always glorified. May I uh, be hidden behind the the cross of Christ and be used as your instrument. And may you prepare our hearts and our minds so that we can accept and listen to this word coming from you. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 A husband and a wife, prior to their marriage, they entered into this agreement. This agreement, not disagreement. Into an agreement where uh, the husband agreed to take care, to look after every major decision they would have. And uh, the wife was going to take care of any minor decisions decisions they would have to make. Now, 25 years after, 25 years into the marriage, uh, the husband was asked this question, How are things going? How has the arrangement worked so far? And the husband said, Great! That was his answer. In all these years, I've I've never had to make any major decision. And so I'm glad that the arrangement worked, worked well for them. But I should say that certain decisions no one can escape from. Certain decisions are absolutely personal and individual. And no one can make for us. Right? Even, even within a, the marriage. Even in a couple. And this is what we're going to see today. Because our text from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. It talks about first not receiving the grace of God in vain. That's something Paul is appealing the Corinthians to. And I thank Caleb for having read that so beautifully. And I'd like to invite you to join me to, to accompany as I read this text again. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And the Bible says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the time, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so the text is talking about not receiving God's grace in vain. That's the first thing Paul says. He also talks about an acceptable or a favorable time. And he finally talks about a day of salvation, which he identifies as being now. So what does it mean to receive the grace of God, but not to receive it in vain? What is it to not to receive the grace of God in vain? And this simply means that we are supposed to receive the grace of God with all the benefits that it has. With all the benefits that it has. And uh, to receive a gift in vain is like receiving the gift and never really making use of the benefits, never really allowing the gift to produce the intended consequences, the positive blessings or consequences that it was supposed to bring to your life. The gift was given, but it never accomplished the purpose for which it was given. For example, someone is, in, is deep in debt, They're, They're uh, uh, owing more than uh, $1 million. And someone comes up and says, I'm going to help you with that. And they write a check for $1 million, which could save that person, would bring that person out of debt. And the person receives the check, but never cashes it. And so the gift was intended to help the person, but the person never really made use of the check, never really... Uh, receive the benefits of it someone comes up to you and says i'm going to pay for your studies you need to to go to school for this specific uh, course in education i'm going to pay for that and you and you apply and you're accepted but you never really go to school you never really attend any classes well there is no chance you will ever going to graduate Or someone looks at someone else and says i know you have transportation issues and i'm going to donate you a vehicle considering your needs but the person never never goes to actually pick up the vehicle and make use of it the vehicle will never help the person and help them go place to place anytime any significant gift is given it is supposed it is intended to change to produce some change in the life of the person and this is no different, and especially true in regard to the grace of God. And Paul is concerned here in this text, he's concerned with the Corinthians that they will not receive the grace of God to the full extent where the grace of God can bless them and change their life. They will not experience the grace of God in such a way that will produce uh, definite and uh, everlasting change in their lives. And so Paul is pleading with them. First of all, we as workers together with him, I plead with you. I appeal to you that you do not receive God's grace in vain. Now, the second uh, verse in this chapter, the following verse, verse 2, says, I am an acceptable, in an acceptable time I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. And what Paul is doing here, he's quoting from the Old Testament. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49 and verse 8. Actually, I'd like to invite you to go there to Isaiah 49, 8. And anyone finding the text, uh, please stand up and read it out loud for the entire church. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 28. Uh oh, sorry, sorry, I am sorry. Verse eight, yes. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people, to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit these desolate heritage. Thank you. So here is Isaiah talking about in a favorable time talking about an acceptable time he's talking about a special time where god's grace god's favor would be manifested it would be manifested in a special way and david says the same thing in psalm 69 13 psalm 69 13 and again i'll ask anyone finding it please stand and read it out loud for the entire church psalm 69 13 Thank you. Both Isaiah and David, they're referring to the Lord as the only source of help, as the only source of salvation, and they're pleading with the Lord. But the prophecy of Isaiah particularly, it also points out to a time where God's mercy, God's favor, God's grace would be manifested in a special way. And this we saw in flesh and blood and the person of Jesus Christ yes these old testament prophecies they point to the time where jesus would come god in flesh god made flesh uh manifesting in person the grace and the favor of god and this is not just me who is saying because jesus himself did that if we turn our bibles to luke chapter 4 18 19 we'll see that jesus will be there he will stand up right there in the synagogue on a sabbath day and he will read from the book of isaiah he will read from the role that contained the book of isaiah and the text he's reading from is found in isaiah 61 verse th- 1 to 3 and jesus reads that passage and then at the end he says today this scripture has been fulfilled today in my person in my ministry this prophecy is being fulfilled it starts to be fulfilled right now in my ministry. In Isaiah 6:1 to 1, to 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good, good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified." this is the word of the lord this is the promise that was fulfilled was materialized in jesus christ himself when he came but going back to second corinthians 2 corinthians 6 verses 1 and 2 here paul is not only quoting from the old testament and by the way you see that many uh many biblical writers they quote from each other all the time you see the New Testament writer, writers quoting from the Old Testament writers. You see Old Testament writers quoting, quoting from other Old Testament writers. Now this was not because they didn't have anything more important to say. This was not because they were lacking of, of what to say. But this is because first, God confirms himself in his word. Second, because the Holy Spirit who inspired one of the writers is the same Holy Spirit who inspired all biblical writers and finally because the word of god has had and continues to have a contemporary application and so we see here that paul is quoting from the old testament but there's something else that paul says look at this in verse 2 he says in an acceptable time i have heard you and in the day of salvation i have helped you This is what he's quoting from Isaiah. But then he goes on to say, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so while he quotes from Isaiah and says that there would be an acceptable time, a favorable time, and a day of salvation where God would help his people, he says, Today, now is the acceptable time. Now is the favorable time. And now is the day of salvation. And so today is the day where the words of Paul are still meaningful. Does that make sense? Not for many. Does that make sense? Oh, it seems to. Yes. Because as the biblical writers would quote from the Old Testament, applying that for their time, the Word of God is always fresh. It has always something new to teach us. It has always some new perspective words of encouragement as you meditate upon the word of god it will always give you this freshness every day and so the words of paul as he says this is what isaiah said and i tell you that today is the favorable favorable time today is the day of salvation these words echo have echoed down the 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 days of history and have come all the way down to us today and today we can also say that this now is the favorable favorable time for god's grace today is the day of salvation why because jesus is right now interceding for you and me in the heavenly sanctuary jesus is right now ready to apply the benefits of his sacrifice for any repentant believer who comes to him now is the day of salvation now even now now look that Paul doesn't say, today is the day of salvation. He says, now is the day of salvation. Uh, after now, nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so today, now is the day. Because not even after now, we know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in the afternoon. We don't know what's going to happen this evening. But now is the day of salvation now even now you may have heard of the great evangelist dwight l moody and he was in an evangelistic series in october of 1871 in the city of chicago and he was preaching there and he was preaching to the largest congregation he had ever preached and he was reading from matthew 27 22, where the bible says what then shall i do with jesus which is called christ and he looked to the congregation and he said this is the question the bible has for you and me what shall i do then with jesus which is called christ and as he was closing the sermon he said i wish you would take this text home and you would meditate upon these words, and you would turn it over in your minds during this week, and then next week you come back, and I'm going to ask you the question, what have you decided about Jesus? What have you decided to do with Jesus of Nazareth? And then Ira Sankey, who was his singing evangelist, and a composer of some of the hymns we have in our hymnal, Ira Sankey started to sing this hymn that said, Today the Savior calls for refuge fly, the storm of justice falls, and death is nigh. But as Ira Sankin was singing the hymn, he never got to finish this song because while he was singing there was this rush and this roar this this roar of fire engines in the street on the street outside. And before morning Chicago lay in ashes this was october 8 1871 and the great fire in the chicago city lasted for almost two days if you remember the story and many years later moody was was in his dying bed and he was full of regret because that night he had told the congregation to come back the next week with the answer to the question what shall you do with jesus christ jesus was called the christ he said i never never after that i have never since dared to say to to give an audience time for them to to think about it time for them them to decide about their salvation because i might never meet them again in fact i never met again that same congregation in that location and i wish i would have called them to answer that question That very day. And so today inspired by this story. I tell you I cannot ask you the question today. What is going to be your decision? Now that is the day of salvation. And I don't want to tell you that you have a week to think about it. Because we actually don't. I don't want to tell you you have a day to think about it. Because we actually do not have it. And so when Paul says that this is the favorable time this is the time when the lord is interceding for you when jesus is willing to defend you when jesus is willing to to plead for you and to explain your case to all the angels in heaven all the unfallen beings about how you have accepted him this is the favorable time and this is the day of salvation now is the day of salvation and so my my appeal to you today is this What shall you do then with Jesus who is called the Christ? What will be your response to what Paul is saying that he says that now is the day of salvation? And uh, I will insist on this question because you may have been a church member for 5 years, for 20 years or for 50 years. You may have been taking office in the church for many years. You may have participated in many things in the church. But the question still remains, have you had a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you truly found in Jesus Christ your Savior? Have you truly found in Christ the one who can give you grace? Who can give you encouragement for your life? The one who, who lifts you up when you fall? Because we're going to fall as human beings. But the one who allow you not to stay there once you have fallen. The one who give you courage and power and strength to overcome any defect of character that you may have have you really had a relationship with jesus christ have you really found the lord i'm not talking about intellectual knowledge and i said something similar to this two weeks ago i'm not talking about intellectual knowledge i'm not talking about the fact that you believe that jesus did come and he was born of mary and he died on the cross I'm asking you if you have personally, truly known the Savior and accepted Him as your Savior. And so today we have this opportunity. Today we have this great opportunity as we partake in the communion service. To either renew our commitment to the Lord. Or to have this encounter with Him for the first time. Maybe you have already met the Lord in the past. Maybe you had an experience where you're totally on fire. But something may have happened. Maybe you know you were disappointed with people in the church. Maybe you were disappointed even with God. Maybe in your understanding God ought to have done something for you that didn't happen. And even though God may not do exactly what you want. We should be thanking Him for that because He is God and he knows better and so maybe things have not gone well but the lord today is calling you again and he's saying come unto me and renew your commitment to me with me and this is the perfect opportunity to do that but maybe you may may have come to the realization that you came to the church one day because you were convinced of the truth Maybe you received Bible studies and you said, Yes, this is what the Bible is teaching and I'm joining this church. But maybe you're realizing that there was one thing missing still. That you have not really had this personal encounter with the Savior. And in spite of all the truth you may have learned, You are still missing that fire. You are still missing that warmth that Jesus can bring. You are still missing that comfort that Jesus can give you we're still missing that passion that makes you go out on your day-to-day business and share with people about jesus there is a hymn in the in the hymnal that says i think it's in the hymnal it's in the portuguese hymnal anyway but it says how long has it been how long has it been since you since you knelt down and prayed to the lord but how long has it been since you really felt passionate about jesus and shared jesus to others how long has it been since you told someone of the changes jesus has made in your life of what jesus has operated in your life maybe you have taken the opportunity to tell people about the upcoming sunday law maybe you have taken time to tell people about the crisis ahead But maybe you haven't had taken the time to tell people about how much you love Jesus. And people are not going to be drawn to Jesus by fear. People are not going to be drawn to the church. Because the church is telling them of the crisis that's coming ahead. People will be drawn to Jesus because they will be drawn to his love. And I ask you today. And I ask you today. I'm not saying that those themes are not important. I think you understand what I'm saying. I ask you today to use this opportunity today to renew your commitment to the Lord and to make him your, your true and real friend. The one who brings joy to your life. The one that makes you come to church, that makes you look forward to coming to church because you're going to have fellowship with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And this is my prayer for my church. This is my prayer for myself. I include myself in this prayer. And we are going to sing a hymn now hymn number 108 amazing grace and this hymn talks about nothing nothing else than the grace of christ the grace of god that was materialized in jesus christ as he came to die for us